Welcome to the Building America from the Inside Out podcast, where we work to find actionable solutions to issues facing our country today. I'm your host, JC Pohl, and I am so glad you're here as we work together to build America from the inside out. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hope you are doing well today. I wanted to visit with you today on a very important topic, uh, something that seems to be a big issue here in America, as well as around the world, and that is the issue of suicide. You know, because of my work with Teen Truth and a lot of the work I do as a therapist in schools, I get a lot of emails and Facebook comments and messages around uh, teen suicide. Uh, In fact, I just received a long email Uh, last week from a parent that was just basically asking me why. Like, why do I think uh, suicide rates are on the rise? Or why do I think that this has become such a big issue for our students? And uh, so I thought it'd be worth visiting a little bit here on the podcast. I would imagine that this will be a topic that I will come back to um, time and time again, probably. It's It's a topic that I'm passionate about, and it's a topic that I think the kids and parents and you know, many people just in general uh, care about. And so there was something that came across my desk this week, uh, actually this weekend, um, just came out. Another study on the 13 Reasons Why show uh, that's on Netflix. And when this show came out, uh, many of my school counselor friends and uh, myself were just like throwing up the red flags and throwing out the alerts about how this show did not appear uh, to be healthy or did not appear to be something that we believe that teenagers should be watching. And I wrote a blog about it, uh, and you know, I'm not some big social media person, but the blog actually went viral. It's one of my only blogs to go viral, I guess. Um, and so it's something that you know I care deeply about and wanted to share with you today. If you don't know the show, 13 Reasons Why, it's a show about a girl named Hannah, and basically there's about, I think there's 13 episodes, and basically there's 13 reasons why uh, she ends up dying by suicide. And throughout the show, she is constantly blaming uh, others, she's blaming her situation, and she's uh, basically not looking for solutions, right? She's completely focused on why she should do it and not how she should overcome uh, these issues. And I think that's the red flag that really went up for me. You know, any movie or, or TV show that's focused around a victim uh, believing that people are not listening to him or that she's blaming other people and not really coming from a strength-based approach is just something that rubs me the wrong way personally. And I think it should rub all of us the wrong way that the filmmakers at Netflix or any filmmaker that might put out content like this is just kind of irresponsible in the way they're positioning suicide and mental health and ultimately resiliency in the minds of teenagers and uh, anyone who's watching their show. And so two studies have now come out on 13 Reasons Why. Uh, This one that I saw in the article this weekend was, I guess, published in JAMA Psychiatry. And so I wanted to read from you a little bit from the article, uh, just word for word, so you could hear uh, directly what the study said. And so this this is what it said in the article. The authors of the newly published study analyzed monthly data ranging from 1999 to 2017. That's when the show came out. Uh, There was an immediate increase of death by suicide among individuals aged 10 years old to 19 years old three months after the show's premiere on Netflix in March 2017. It goes on to say, 
The study confirmed that the particular suicide increase was only among younger individuals and particularly among young females. And lastly, it mentions, during this three-month period, suicides rose 66% among males and 37% among females. Close quote on that. Um, So you can see that's pretty damaging data when it comes to like what I mentioned, the irresponsible um, just viewpoint that these Netflix filmmakers took on the issue of teen suicide. Now, there was another study done in April that backs up this data as well. It was from the National Institute of Mental Health. And that study found that there was a 29% increase among 10-year-olds to 17-year-olds in the month following the show's release. And that study also found that deaths spiked by 193 from April 2017 to December 2017. So we see a a, a large rise after the show comes out. And I was in schools at the time, and anyone listening to this that, that is an educator or was working in schools, like this show was extremely popular. It 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 took the country by storm. You know, it was like a highly rated show that a lot of kids wanted to watch. And, um, you know, I think this is what leads to why suicide is going up. And um, in the psychology world or in the counseling world, we use the word suicide contagion. And that's just the idea that a teenager in particular might learn about suicide as a solution by hearing about suicide from someone else, or in this case, watching Hannah go through everything that she went through and determine that suicide uh, was the only way to work through the things that she was going through. And so suicide today is the second leading cause of death for our teens, okay? Second leading cause of death for our teenagers. And here in America, just in general, for people across America, there are over 3,000 attempts per day and there's over 100 completions per day. I want to pause on that for a second there, okay? I fly all around the country every week visiting schools. I fly on a Southwest jet. That jet holds about, what, 130, 140 people. So this is like one Southwest jet crashing every single day here in America, and no one's saying anything about it, right? It's not really on your Facebook feeds. It's not on the cover of you know CNN every day. Um, you know we're more concerned about other things happening here in America as opposed to these 100, 125 people that are dying every single day here in America from suicide. And I think many teens are just like Hannah, right? They're very problem focused. Um, we all know being a teenager, these things that happen to us when we're teenagers they're literally the end of the world. You know, it's like the teenage brain is not developed, so it's very difficult for them to process that that they can work through some of the things, like think about an incident around bullying or or maybe making a, a poor decision uh, around drugs or sex or something like that, and, and, and thinking that there's no way that you can overcome this because it really feels as a teenager like it's the end of the world. And I think that's that's where Hannah was as well. And the problem that we really had with the show was that it didn't show her how to work through it, right? It didn't show anybody watching it how to work through it. It just basically said, hey, no one's listening to me. I'm going to die by suicide. 
Um, I'm going to blame these 13 reasons and I'm going to die by suicide. There was really no effort for her, even once she went to the counselor. Um, but it was like, she didn't really engage in counseling and even kind of blame the counselor. Right. So, um, so I want to just offer a, a few ideas of, of how we can work students and, and people, uh, through this issue of suicide. I will in the show notes, put the link to one of the blogs I wrote that I mentioned that went viral. I wrote a blog called like 13 reasons how, you know, 13 reasons how to overcome it. Um, so I'll put down, down below, but I want to just visit, uh, three things, uh, right now. Um, the first thing that I really feel as I travel to schools and work with teenagers, especially you know middle school, high school age kids, is that they, I think a lot of them like the control and agency in their life has been taken away. I mean, think about these kids. Um, a lot of their parents are these helicopter parents, or I love to term lawnmower parents, uh, where they're mowing down all the problems in front of their kids and, and not letting their kids experience problems. Um, think about the little, the little, the little baby that falls and cries, and we rush over to pick that kid up and make sure he's okay. When it's like he just fell down, he's just crying. He can pick himself up. He can work through it. But we're there to kind of like coddle the child, right? Or think about some students that I know I've met on the road where parents have picked for them what sports they play. Parents have told them what college they're going to go to. Parents have told them what classes they need to take. Their school has told them what teachers they're going to have. It's like there's not a lot of decision. There's not a lot of choice when it comes to the experience in middle school or high school. Everything's kind of laid out for you. So I think the first thing that we can do is teach students to find their voice and to find a little bit of control in their life. And ironically, control is an illusion, right? Like, any adult listening to this podcast knows that, you know, life is completely out of control. But still, I think, you know, as adults, we might be more inclined to feel like we have control, you know, at least like we feel we can make a choice. We might make a choice that backfires. We might make a choice that doesn't work out, but at least we can kind of own that choice, right? Where uh, teenagers a lot, they're, they're not really given the opportunity to have that choice and, and children as well. So giving them that choice and, and then also allowing them to kind of find that voice. Like I, I had an experience this weekend and I got to be really careful on how I tell this story. Um, but I had an experience this weekend with teenagers and their parents. And I was asking the teenagers to do something. I was basically hiring them to do a job. Okay. And I started directing the conversation towards the the teenagers, asking them about the job, asking them how they would do the job, asking them how much they charge for the job. And every question I answer, I asked, the mom was there answering it for them. The two students did not barely answer any of the questions. The mom was answering them for them. And what is the message that sends? Hey, I'm going to answer this. You guys, you guys don't have a voice. Uh, I don't trust you to say anything right now. Like, I know these kids were teenagers, but this was like a little mini job interview, right? This was the beginning of gaining some of that agency and some of those skills to work through, you know, just daily conversation in general. And so are we stripping that away from our kids? Are, are we not allowing them to have a voice? Are, are, are we speaking for them? And when we are speaking for them, what message does that send to them? It basically says, your voice doesn't matter. Maybe this kid was said, hey, to be honest with you, I don't want to do this job. My mom is making me be here because she's the one that set this up. 
And so, you know, we got to kind of take a step back and say, hey, are we allowing these kids to make a choice? And what choices do they want to make? And it's our job as adults to kind of be that consultant in that choice making process, right? We want to guide them to making good choices or we want to watch them fail like the little three-year-old that falls and skins his knee. You know, he's got to learn. If he's going to ride a scooter, he's going to skin his knee and he's going to have to pick himself up. Another junk like that is going to happen in life where he's going to get knocked down. He's going to have to get back up. And that leads us to the second point I wanted to bring up. We're going to go a little long on this podcast. I had three points. Um, the other point is self-efficacy. This is a word that I I did not just I did not know this word until I like went to grad school. I never heard this word before. We always hear the word self-esteem. Never heard the word self-efficacy in my life. Self-esteem is something that comes from the outside. We esteem ourselves by the car that we drive. What people say about us affects our self-esteem positively or negatively. The clothes that we wear, the way our hair is fixed, it 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 affects the way we feel. It esteems ourself. Self-efficacy is very, very different. It's what we believe to be true about ourselves. It's the value that we have for ourselves. And I think this is undeniable. Like we need to put students in a position where they can believe in themselves. And for me, it's like shooting a basketball. Like I suck at basketball, right? But I'm sure Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, um, they shot the basketball a lot more than I did growing up and a lot more in life. And they got really, really good at it. And that practice just made them better. Maybe in my life, I've shot a basketball, let's just say 5,000 times. Let's just say 5,000 times. I'm sure Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant have shot a basketball 50,000 times, right? 80,000 times. And so they have created that skill that they believe that over the 80,000 times they've shot that ball, it's going to go into the basket 50, 60% of times, right? Um, So letting students know that during this phase of their life, it's important for them to develop these skills. The day that Kobe Bryant was 14 years old and he picked up a basketball is not the same as the Kobe Bryant that was 30 years old winning NBA championships, right? Um, he He had to increase those skills. He had to practice those skills. And the ability to navigate hard times in our life, the ability to navigate what Hannah was going through in 13 Reasons Why, takes time. It takes practice. It takes repetition. And that's why we were so upset with the show, because she didn't do any of that stuff, right? She was like, no one's listening to me. No one cares. Boom. End of story. Well, that can't be the end of our story, not for us and not for our teenagers. And that leads me to my last point. And I've seen this time and time again with my counseling is just solution focused thinking. Solution focused thinking. We, in general, tend to be be very problem focused in our thinking. It's just, I think it's the way we, we, it's kind of the way we're programmed. It's the way teenagers are programmed, right? What's wrong? What sucks? What are we working through? As a business owner, as a therapist, as someone who has traveled over a thousand schools, I just really believe that we need to encourage students to take time to think of solutions. Sit down, journal, get all those negative thoughts out, talk to trusted individuals that can help us come up with solutions, and uh, and work through those issues. And I think if we can encourage students, and that's what I do in my counseling, like I love counseling. It's one of my 
I love it. I love it when I get to counsel a client and I love sitting there and just, just giving them that unconditional ear to listen to what they're going through and, and truly hear their problems. But what I found in counseling is that what's really cool about being a counselor is you can work yourself out of a job, right? It's one of the only jobs where you kind of try to work yourself out of a job, right? You want this person to be healthy. You want them to move on. And I've noticed that one, I can get them focused on solutions. Once I see that light bulb go off from my clients, boom, they start heading in a different direction. They're thinking of solutions and they've got a different momentum in their life that carries them through the problems uh, that they're having. And so, you know, these are just some thoughts, whether it's giving teens that control and agency in their life, allowing them to just believe in themselves and have that self-efficacy or truly being solution focused in their thinking. Um, I think those are three things that all of us need to focus on. And I, I'm sure there are many more. And that's why I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm sure this will be a topic that we will come back and revisit. Uh, but these studies around 13 reasons why I felt were really really important for us to take this 16, 17, 18 minutes to talk about this issue and how we can help our teens and how we can help our friends uh, work through this. So as a gift, uh, just for listening to this podcast, if you'd like to download the first two chapters of my new Resilient Students book, I'd like to offer it out there to you. Uh, in these first two chapters, I, I point out and talk about the number one factor in building resilient students. It's a research-based, it's awesome, it's the number one factor that creates resilient students. And you can download those two chapters for free at teentruth.net slash resilient students. Uh, that's teen as in teen and truth as in truth.net slash resilient students. I think at the end of the day, it all comes down to resiliency, right? It comes down, I mean, Rocky Balboa said it best in one of his films. He, he said, you know, it's about getting hit, you know, taking the hits and keeping moving forward. It's about getting knocked down and getting back up. And, and that's what resiliency is all about. And, and life is hard. Like Rocky even says, it will beat us to our knees if, if we let it. And so it's about taking those hits and, and moving forward. And that's what being a champion is about. Um, in the Rocky movies, at least. <laughs> and, but, you know, that's what being a champion in life is about, right? We, we all know that life is difficult, and it's teaching teenagers that life is difficult. It's going to be hard. There's going to be junk that you got to deal with at school, on social media, you know, now in the real media, on Netflix. There's going to be stuff that you're going to see. How are you going to work through it? How are you going to overcome it? How are you going to find those solutions? And for me, if we're going to talk about building America from the inside out, this is where the conversation starts. If we're gonna talk about mental health, if we're gonna talk about being better, this is where it starts. How are we gonna get through it? What are the solutions? How are we gonna build America from the inside out instead of let shows like 13 Reasons Why or any other films with that kind of topic rip us down? We've gotta rise above it. And that's what rising up and that's what Building America from the Inside Out is all about. So thank you for joining us today. This was an extended podcast. I uh, hope you have a great day, and I hope to see you somewhere out there on the road. This has been Building America from the Inside Out with J.C. Pohl. If you enjoyed the show, like, share, and subscribe. Your feedback helps guide the show, so don't hesitate to reach out to us at jcpohl.com or on the J.C. Pohl Facebook page. Enjoy your week, focus on solutions, and thanks for working together to build America from the inside out.